Good morning, and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I'm Nick Prater, and it's my privilege to be your announcer on this, the 19th Sunday after Pentecost. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the organist, Mr. Susan Singer, and the acolytes are Carson Ray and Anna Krieger. Today's broadcast is sponsored by funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church and dedicated to the glory of God. We have just one announcement for this morning, and that is an invitation and an encouragement to all of you to please uh, join us for adult Bible class on Sunday mornings at 8.45, and also for Sunday school uh, that begins at the same time over in the school. You can never have enough of God's Word, uh, and we encourage you, um, all of you, uh, to attend with us. Let's begin our service today with a word of prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you that we are called here today by your Holy Spirit, and what a great feeling that that is. Lord, we thank you that you have uh, here prepared for us uh, the forgiveness of our sins through the Word, through the sacrament. Uh, Lord, we, we acknowledge you to be Lord, we acknowledge you to be Savior and Messiah, and Lord, uh, we give you thanks that uh, that you have seen fit, that you as our good and gracious King have seen fit to invite us to your feast, um, Lord, and have given us a foretaste of that feast to come here this morning. And so, Lord, we pray that you would give us a zeal this morning for your house of worship here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We begin our service today by singing verses 1 through 4 of number 633 at the Lamb's High Feast we sing. You will notice that this hymn bookends our service today. We will sing verses 1 through 4 right now when we will end our service. Our closing hymn is the same hymn but verses 5 through 8.
Please stand. And so we make our beginning this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us then confess our sins unto God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Deliver me from my enemies, O Lord. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my pleas for mercy. Enter not into judgment with your servant. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Deliver me from my enemies, O Lord. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, our refuge and strength, the author of all godliness, hear the devout prayers of your church, especially in times of persecution, and grant that what we ask in faith we may obtain. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading today comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 25, verses 6 through 9. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all his peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-defined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that's cast over all his peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. And it will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. This is the word of our Lord. Our special music today comes to us from the Trinity Ringers, directed by Lori Evett and accompanied by Betty Sawyer, playing Here at Your Table, Lord.
Thank you very much, Ringers, for that very, very lovely piece. Thank you very much. It's now time for all the young disciples who are here today to come forward for the children's message. Now is a good time to bring up your mighty mites as well. You guys can turn around and face me. Okay. All right. What I want you to do, first of all, is I want you to close your eyes. So everybody close your eyes. And I want you to imagine something. Okay? Everybody close your eyes. Close your eyes. Okay? And I want you to imagine that you live in a grand and vast kingdom. Pretty cool, huh? Okay? All right? So, and you are one of the one of the peasants, one of the ordinary folks of this particular kingdom. And then I want you to imagine that the king of your kingdom, his son, is getting married. Okay? And part of this marriage is he's going to have a huge wedding feast, a huge banquet, a big old, big old party. Okay? And then I want you to imagine that, that you're at home and maybe you're doing some chores, maybe you're sweeping the floor or something, and one of the king's messengers comes to your house, and in his hand is this invitation. It's a really fancy invitation. It's really, really lavish and nice. And then you open up the, the invitation, and the invitation says, you are invited to my wedding feast. Now, open your, your eyes. How would, you, how would you feel if you got that invitation? What do you think? Raise your hand. How would you feel, Harper? You'd be very happy. Good, good, okay? How else would you feel to get this invitation, this very kingly invitation? Surely we, we can come up with better words than good, right? Happiness? Important uh, to the king. So we have happy, good. We have important to the king, good. Cordell, excited, yeah, okay. All of these things. If if any of us out out here were got 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 a specialized invitation from the king to attend his banquet, we would feel so incredibly happy and excited. Okay, would you would you not would you take that invitation and just sort of throw it away and not? go? No. Why, why would you not do that? Why would you not just throw the, the invitation away, Harper? Because it's really important yeah. and special. You might have never got to do that. Good. Okay, yeah. So it's really important and special, and maybe you've never gotten to do that before, okay? In our gospel text today, we're going to be talking about that very thing, okay? And we're going to be talking about how the king 
is having this great wedding feast, and he has invited all of these people to come to his wedding feast. But unfortunately, there were some people who didn't want to come. And why that was, okay? So we're going to be talking about that today, okay? Will you put your hands together and repeat after me? Dear Jesus, thank you that you have invited me to your feast. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for coming up, and you guys can go back and sit with your folks. The epistle lesson today comes from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, verses 4 through 13. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is pure, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is in any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Now that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. And in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthened me. This is the word of our Lord. Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business. While the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. 
Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those who invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. Those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot, and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the gospel of our Lord. Our hymn of the day is number 636 in the Lutheran service book, verses 1, 6, and 8. Soul, adorn yourself with gladness. Number 636.
Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is from the gospel lesson that was just read. You want to have that in front of you because we will be referring to it as we go along here this morning. And what I want to begin with in our message today is a fable, one of Aesop's fables that I'm sure that all of you, if not most of you, are aware of. It's the story of the boy who cried wolf. And depending on which version of the story that you've read, it has one of a couple of different endings. The story goes that there is this young child, this, this young boy, and he has been put in charge of the sheep to watch them, to make sure that they are safe. Well, nothing had been happening, and so the little boy was getting rather bored. And so he decided to, in, in an effort to sort of spice up his day, I guess, to start shouting out, wolf, 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 even though there was no wolf there. And so once he does this, all of the villagers come running up to aid this boy with this wolf that, as they soon find out, is nowhere to be found. And the villagers are a little bit put out by this. They're a little bit upset by this, but they go back to what they were doing before, and everything sort of goes back to normal. But then the boy decides, well, I had so much fun the first time, I'm going to do it a second time. And so he decides a second time to cry out, wolf, 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 even though there is no wolf there to be found. And the villagers, once again, in their grace for the little boy, they come running to where he is, only to find that once again, there is no wolf to be found. And the villagers who were really put out the first time are really, really put out this second time, and they go back to what they were doing, grumbling, as most of us probably would. So finally, a wolf finally does show up. And the boy cries out, wolf, 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 but nobody comes. You see, the villagers don't come because the boy has abused the grace that the villagers gave him twice before. And like I said, depending on which version of the story that you read, either the wolf comes and he eats all of the sheep, or the wolf comes and he eats the sheep, and he eats the boy. And our text for this morning, we have a parable that is told by Jesus about a good and gracious king. A king so good and so gracious and so wonderful that upon his son's wedding he throws an elaborate feast, a wonderful feast, magnificent, fantastic feast for the people that he has invited to come. And it's interesting because there are three sets of reactions to the people that are invited to this king's wedding feast. The first 
reaction you will see is in verse 3. The king has prepared this feast for his son. Verse 3, he sends his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. They were sort of indifferent, I guess, about the whole thing. Maybe I'll get to it. Maybe I won't. Going down to verse 5, he he says, well, I'm sorry, verse 4, he says, well, I have, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come, come and share in this feast that I have prepared for you. But verse 5 says, they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm and another to his business. Perhaps they had better things to do. Perhaps they simply thought that they would get around to the king's wedding feast later, or perhaps they thought that, well, the king will probably have another wedding feast, and I'll try to go to that one instead. And then finally, in verse 12, all of the other wedding guests that the king has invited, he has sent his servants out and and said, go and get everybody, the good and the bad. Go and find everybody that you can find and bring them here. So he does. And there are all of, of these people who are enjoying this wedding feast, but the king looks across the room and he spots this one guy, this one guy who stands out obviously from everybody else because he is not wearing the proper attire for this feast. And he, he says to him, friend, how did, you, how did you get in here without wearing a wedding garment? And the man's reaction, you can really sort of look right over because it's so subtle, but the man's reaction tells us a lot about this particular man. He was speechless. He didn't try to explain to the king why he didn't have a wedding garment. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't say, well, you were supposed to provide one for me. He didn't say, well, I just didn't have enough money for it. He didn't even say he was sorry for not coming to the feast of the king, the wonderful and elaborate and magnificent feast that the king had prepared, and he wasn't ready for it. And he dishonored the king that had prepared this feast. Perhaps all that that we can say about this man is that he just simply refused to do the bidding of the king at all. He probably just didn't didn't care. He said, well, there's this feast going on and I'm just going to go. I don't care what the king says or not. And then notice the, notice too in verses 7 and 13, the retribution of the king upon these servants. In verse 7, his retribution is, is, is incredible. The king was angry at, these, at the first two groups, and he sent his, troop, his troops and destroyed those murders, and he burned their city. You think he was a little upset by it? Probably. And then in the second one, 
friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And the man was speechless. The king says to his attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. You don't want to be in the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then he finally says, for many are chosen, but few are called. Why is this? Why are our many chosen, but few are called? To read this in the original Greek, it, it, what, what Jesus means by saying this is that, that many are invited to the wedding feast, but few actually ever wind up in the wedding feast. And the reasons that Jesus gives, we just listed them out. We go back to verse 3. Some are simply indifferent about the invitation to the grand and magnificent and wonderful and fantastic wedding feast. These are the people who simply say, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go, maybe I won't. They're sort of riding the fence, right? They're, they're, they're sort of middle-of-the-road Christians. These are the type of people, these are the type of people who call themselves Christians that Monday through Saturday act however it is that they want to act. These are the middle-of-the-road Christians who Monday through Saturday simply act as the world would have them act. They do not do the things that Christ has called them to do. They are not living the Christian life day in and day out, purposefully and with no heed whatsoever to the graciousness of the king. These are the middle-of-the-road Christians who can simply flip the Christian switch whenever they want, and you would think that they, are, that they have a seat right next to St. Peter himself. The second group. The second group who believe that they simply have just better things to do. Well, the king has invited me to his feast. Jesus has invited me to his kingdom, and I'll, I'll get around to it whenever I think that I really, really need it. Perhaps there are some who are simply just counting on a deathbed conversion. Well, when things get really, really bad, that's when I'll call on Jesus, and that's when I'm going to send in my RSVP and say, here, here, see? Or finally, the last group. The last group of people who are simply speechless. They're not apologetic for their refusal of the king's invitation. They're not apologetic for simply spurning his grace and his generosity. No. They just simply refuse to believe. It's kind of, it was uh, very odd. I don't know if anybody else noticed it, but when I got done reading this, this, this really, this, this very difficult text to hear, and then I get done and I say, this is the gospel of the Lord. This is the good news. How? Where is the gospel in this story? 
Make no mistake about this particular story from Jesus. Folks, this is a warning. I can't preach it any other way. This parable of the king and his wedding feast is a warning. It is a warning to you and to me. Don't spurn the generosity of the king. What it means is, is that you and I, we can lose our place at the table. You and I can lose our place at the feast by abusing the grace of the king and dishonoring him in the way that we live and in the way that we sometimes have a tendency to refuse or to simply uh, or to simply just be indifferent about the king's grace about his wonderful and magnificent grace that he has given to us and so where is the good news where is the gospel well you'll have to come back next week to hear it no i'm just kidding The good news is that the king is still the king. The good news is that the king is still the good and gracious king. Go back in your text with me to verse 4. The first set of people that were invited to the feast, they did not come. And yet the king pursued them, didn't he? Verse 4, again he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner, my ox and my fat calves have, have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. He is still gracious, and he is still loving, and he is still kind, and he is still merciful, and he is still faithful, and he still desires you to be at his feast. He is still the king of the parable of the young, merciful servant, if you remember that particular one. There is a king who has this servant, and this servant has a debt so incredibly large that there is no way possible that this servant could ever possibly hope to pay it back. And the king says, well, because you can't pay it back, you are going to be thrown in jail until you can pay it back, which of course you can't, because when you're in jail, you can't work in order to pay off your debts. And the servant throws his feet, I'm sorry, throws his face down, throws himself down at the feet of the king and says, oh king, please have mercy on me, and, and if you give me a little bit more time, I will, I will pay you back everything that I owe you. And you remember what the king does? He cancels the debt. If that doesn't give you chills, I don't know what will. He cancels his debt and lets him go and frees him. The good and gracious king is still the good and gracious king. The king who has canceled all of our debt, even though there are times where we are indifferent, even though there are times where we refuse to believe, even though there are times where we think that we have better things to do than to listen to his gospel, come to church on Sundays, 
the king is still the king. He's still good. He is still gracious. He is still merciful. I want to point us to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. Paul sums this, this up just wonderfully. Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 7. He says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Look back with me to your hymnal of the hymn that we just sang, verse 8. Hymn number 636, verse 8. Jesus, bread of life, I pray you. Let me gladly hear, obey you. By your love, I'm invited. By your love, with love, requited. By this supper, let me measure. Lord, how vast and deep love's treasure. Through the gift of grace you give me as your guest in heaven, receive me. The feast has been prepared. It is ready. You have been invited to the king's banquet, to the king's table, to feast upon the best of which that he has, his very own body and his very own blood. The same blood that has signed and sealed your invitation. And through God's Holy Spirit, we receive that invitation in faith. So come. The wedding feast is prepared. In our Savior's name, amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith, and we do so this morning using the Apostles' Creed as it is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated.
This time we'll gather our tithes and offerings. In the pew that is uh, on the aisle side is the red sign-in book for both members and guests. Please sign in so that we know that you were here to worship with us. Those who receive it on the window sides, please send it back towards the aisle sides. With that, we collect our tithes and offerings. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing of the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. Trinity's voters meeting has been changed to October 22nd, immediately after the basket dinner, instead of previous, as previously scheduled on October 29th. Trinity's children's Sunday school and adult Bible classes meet at 8.45 each Sunday in the, in the school. The men's Bible study meets at 6.30 a.m. each Wednesday morning in the chapel. Several ladies Bible study groups meet during the week in the surrounding areas. For information regarding these meetings, please contact the church office at 417-235 7300. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness to the public marketplace. Today's message is Luther, the man called by God to boast in him. Lutheran Hour speaker is the Reverend Dr. Gregory Seltz. Flowers on the altar today are given in honor of Herschel and Bonnie Worm's 60th wedding anniversary on October 20th, given by their children and grandchildren. This radio broadcast is sponsored by funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church and dedicated to the glory of God. We now rejoin the congregation. In our prayers this morning, we have, a, we have a few folks that we want to remember to pray for. First, for those who are on our health list, for Melba McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Mary Fritz, Ella Kleibaker, Flora Oberman, Dana Robb, Erwin Kruger, Erna Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Elmer Kaiser, Oren Fritz, 
Ethel Helmkamp, Dan Haynes, Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey, Steve Doss, Landreth Worm, Marjean Clanton, Larry Kilhoffer, Karen Cly Baker, June Fritz, and Lena Bremer. Also for, uh, for two couples who are celebrating wedding anniversaries for Herschel and Bonnie Worm, celebrating 60 years on October the 20th, and for Bud and Marcia McGeehee, celebrating 27 years on October the 20th as well. We go to our Lord in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for the law which shows us our sin, kills us, and shows us how much we are in need of a Savior. And Lord, we are thankful for your gospel, which brings us back to life, washed, cleansed, and redeemed. We praise you for being the good king of our lives, who still desires and still invites us to your feast. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for the church, for all ministers of the church, for missionaries and all church workers, for the agencies of the church that assist in the mission of witness and service, and for glad and generous hearts to support the work of the kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. For the nation and the world that we live in, for our president and government, for the world and an end to war and conflict, Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the homes in which our people dwell, for grace to husbands and wives to fulfill their vocations to one another, for children and home, for grace to teach and learn the faith in those homes, and to pray as a family before the Lord, Lord, in your mercy. We pray for courage to speak the name of the Lord before the world, for hearts to welcome the stranger in his name, for diligence in teaching and learning the word of God, and for our faithful care to those new to the faith. Lord, in your mercy. For all, Lord, who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, especially, Lord, we pray for Herschel and Bonnie, and for Bud and Marcia. May their love for one another grow stronger each passing day. May their commitment to each other remain resolute. And Lord, may they, grow, may they grow closer to you. May your heavenly face shine upon them on, on their anniversaries and every day. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for repentance and faith as we approach the table of the Lord. For the reconciliation of those lost and for the restoration of the fallen, for the fellowship of Christ's church. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, we pray for confidence in the good and gracious will of God, for our love for and pursuit of all things good, right, noble, beautiful, and godly. And finally, for the Lord to hinder the enemies of his kingdom and bring to nothing all of their evil. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, we also pray for those who are, that we know who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally, 
especially, Lord, for those listed on our health list and for all those, Lord, that we name before you in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy. We thank you, our Lord, good and gracious King, that you have heard these prayers that we have offered to you. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And so, people of God, invited to the feast, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. For what had been hidden from before the foundation of the world, you have made known to the nations in your Son. In him being found in the substance of our mortal nature, you have manifested the fullness of your glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communing, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and the wine, I received his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith in life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
The peace of the Lord be with you always. The first of our distribution hymns is number 710 in the Lutheran service book. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. Number 
the next of our distribution hymns is number 644 in the Lutheran service book, The Church's One Foundation, number 644.
next communion hymn is number 803 in the Lutheran service book. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, number 803.
Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith unto life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and his joy. Amen. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us to this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. guests and visitors today. We are thankful that you are here with us. We pray that your time of worship today was a blessed one. I pray that you all have a very, very blessed week in the Lord, and I look forward to seeing everybody next week.